it was like 48 hours of they would literally physically fight over their dad. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hey, David. Hey, Lori. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I'm doing well. What makes you do well? Like my British accent. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's bad. It's awful. (laughs) It is not. I remember when I went to England and I watched TV, I learned how to say air compressor. Are y'all ready? Air compressor. Look at there. Look at there. You hear that? <laughs> I was a redneck, southern talking hick in England. It was very interesting. Yeah. That'd be funny. It was. We need to yeah. go back. I need to go back. That's like no matter what type of accent I try to do, it all sounds Mexican for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> do it for us, Even when David. I was in Japan trying to speak their language, it sounded like some Mexican. I guess I got that from watching like Speedy Gonzalez as a kid. <laughs> arriba, arriba. Arriba. Oh, that's funny. What? Anyway. Why is that funny? I don't know. I just thought it was. Okay. So, uh, underlay, underlay. So, you got some big news to share. I do. And I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> We're still married, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's for a different show. <laughs> yes. I have some good news, big news to share. Are you ready? Yes. Nacho Kids is going to be in. Drum roll. Give me a drum roll, David. The August edition of Step Mom Magazine. Oh, Oh, yeah. I hear you, girl. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good job. I can't wait to read it. I'm excited. Is it going to be all about, you know, how awesome it was to be married to me and It's a Step Mom Magazine. Oh, (laughs) okay. It's about nachoing. And how disengaging is part of not joining, but... Not the whole thing. Not the whole thing. Not the whole enchilada. Right. I tried <laughs> to convey that in the article, so we'll see how it turns out. Cool. Yeah, we actually had a Facebook Live the other night, and we talked about that. For two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but we did go into that because... You know, most people don't understand that disengaging is part of the Nacho Kids method, but it is very small piece of it. Yeah, it's a component of it. Mm-hmm. But an equal or even greater component is reengaging with the stepkids, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. If you get there. If you get to that part, right. Stepmom Magazine actually had a thing on Instagram about it's okay not to love your stepkids like your own or not to love your stepkids today. Oh, cool. Very interesting, ain't it? Yeah. But for a lot of people, even if they're not looking to re-engage with the stepkids, just the fact that they learn so much about themselves and their relationship and the communication aspects and the personality and strengths differences. And just, I mean, I can go on and on and on about so much more awareness of themselves and of their relationship and of the kids. And I mean, it just goes very deep in, in just learning how to cope and respond and all this kind of other stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not as simple as disengaging. Mm-mm. It's way deeper than that. Yep. yep. Absolutely. So who do you have for us today? We have Jeannie. Jeannie in the bottle. Jeannie in the bottle. Jeannie has, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Nine kids oh. between her and her husband. Wow. Y'all should have seen David t- taking his shoes off to try to count when she was naming how many stepkids and bio kids she had. I know. A couple more and I'd have been friends with me out of luck. Yeah. Six stepkids. Wow. Ages 21, 19, 17, 15, 12, and 10. Whew. Three bios. 25, 23, and 19, and no hours, kids. Well, I hope not with that many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she does have an interesting twist to her story. She's the first one, I believe, that we've spoken with that her bio kid's father is deceased. Oh, okay. So that adds a little different twist. Yeah, there's some complexity to that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, as we know, just because any of the bio parents are deceased or, or even completely out of the picture for other reasons, that still does not negate their influence. Oh, no, it doesn't change the fact that they have another parent. Right. Right. Well, cool. And one more thing. When they were dating, the husband went, or the boyfriend, whatever he was at the time, fiance, <laughs> I'm not sure, went to court just to handle a couple of things and called her when he left and said he got full custody. <laughs> wow. Surprise. Yeah. And she still married him. Oh, wow. Yep. And she will tell you it wasn't because the kids were bad. It was about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's giving up a lot. Adding yeah. six kids and hers were pretty much grown. Yeah. And once you get outside of a minivan, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Crazy. All right. So let's talk to Jeannie and hear her story. And um, she offers us a few laughs as well. So I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Welcome to the show, Jeannie. Thanks for having me, Lori. Tell us a little bit about your blended dynamics. Well, um, we have been officially blended since June of 2015. Um, However, we have been um, together and we were in the process of blending from um, April of 2013. But we did not officially move in together until we got married in June of 2015. Okay. So I knew a little bit about what I was getting into. Yeah. Oh, Lord. No, you didn't just say that. So, yeah. So speaking of knowing what you were getting into, um, what are your kids and stepkids uh, ranges? How many do you have and what are their ages? At, as of today? <laughs> yeah, as of today. Okay. Okay. Not the time when we blended. As of today, um, I have six stepkids and they are a stepson tw- 21, a stepson 19, a stepson 17, a stepson 15, a stepdaughter 12, and a stepson 10. And I have three bio children of my own, and that's a daughter that's 25, a daughter that's 23, and a son that's 19 also. Uh, hang on, let me pick my mouth up off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm not good at math, but I think I counted nine. Yes, we have nine together. Oh, wow. Man, and I went crazy with five. Well, <laughs> David counts as two. No, your son counts as six. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another podcast. <laughs> We're not talking about my son. <laughs> some of the All kids right. count double some days. <laughs> yes. So do you have any kids together with your with your husband? We do not have any children together. I we toyed with the idea of having one together, but we decided that was unfair to the ones we already had because we were already stretched thin. My husband really didn't want to start over. I didn't really either. But um, I really did want to have a child with him. I thought it would help. However, he owns his own business. And my plan was he would take the baby to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would keep on going. He didn't want to get on board with my plan. So we had, um, shortly after we got married, um, I had went and got my tubes done. So does your husband run a daycare? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he owns his own business and he has an office. And I thought that he could put a place in the office. <laughs> Hey, I'm with you. He could take care of our child, but he didn't. He didn't want anymore. As a fellow business owner with an office, I would say no. I wouldn't do that either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I thought it was a good idea at the time. (laughs) Yeah, but um, he didn't want to get on board with my plan, so we just chose not to have any children together. Yeah, we we didn't either. We um, David didn't want to start over. You know, my little boy was three when we met, so. And his kids were eight, the youngest were. So he, he was kind of like, you know, he was starting over anyway with my son, with him being so young. With David having so many, I did not want to drive a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I do drive a Suburban, which has um, seat seven. But um, because all the children have vehicles, even the 15-year-old has his truck. But, of course, he doesn't drive it alone yet. Um it's actually generally just myself and the two younger children in a big old suburban. So I probably will get something smaller. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, get you one of those little smart cars or a Cooper. Or I'm just by myself in the vehicle. Yeah. 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 Hey, make it a party bus. <laughs> a party bus? We used to tell people at church, we are the party. <laughs> we got us all matching shirts. Yeah, that says um, the party has arrived or... Yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Bright orange shirts so we could keep up with each other. When I started dating my husband, his youngest child was four. And um, and his daughter was six. And he had a nine-year-old, a 12-year-old, 13, and 15. Because my kids at the time were 13, 17, and 19. So um, it's, gotten, it's gotten easier as we've gotten rid of some of them. <laughs> <laughs> gotten rid of them. We, they don't live at home. We have one in college at Valdosta, and then my 19-year-old lives with his sister, 
and goes to college in Mariana. And then um, we actually only have five at home. My 19-year-old stepson, 17, 15, 12, and 10. And our 17-year-old's graduating this year, and is going to be going to Valdosta with our 21-year-old in June. Wow. So then we'll be down to four. So if I understood that right, you don't have any kind of visitation schedule, it sounds. We do not. My first husband passed away. Um, he was the ex at the time. We had divorced. And he had passed away um, after our divorce. And so my ch- I was primary to my children. And then um, my um, stepkids do not um, have or have very little interaction with their mother. When I first started dating my husband, the four youngest lived with their mother. And um, that was in April of 13. In August of 13, um, in family court, the judge changed custody and awarded them all to my husband. And so um, we were dating at the time. So that was um, unexpected. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Did you question whether you wanted to stay in the relationship when that happened? Or were you just kind of like, oh, that's fine. We'll get through it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, um, a lot of prayer went into that decision. And it really had nothing to do with the kids. The kids are, they're really great kids. I have been blessed beyond measure. It had to do with me mm-hmm. because I didn't know if I wanted to do that again. And I, and I, my husband called me. I was at my office in another state. I thought they were going back to court because the 12 year old wanted to come live with my husband. He didn't want to live with his mom anymore. The mm-hmm. two oldest boys were already living with him. So most of the time, it was my son who was 13, his 13-year-old and 15-year-old. We had steak every, every time we went out. It was just a fabulous life. <laughs> um, and, um, and the 12-year-old wanted to come live with his dad because of the situation. His mom's just was not a very good situation. We really didn't know how bad it was, or my husband probably would have fought a lot harder, but he had diligently attempted to keep on top of what's going on down there. Um, but they live probably 100 miles away, 75 miles away. They went to court, and Cameron talked to the judge, and I guess the judge came out and said, Cameron leaves with his dad today, and you turn over the other three tomorrow at 6 p.m. So I was not there. My husband called me. I just remember going outside my office crying <laughs> hysterically while my husband promised me nothing would change. He would do all the work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, but I prayed diligently, but it didn't have anything to do with the kids. At the time, it a little bit did. The children were very feral when they used to visit. Right. Um, they acted like feral children. <laughs> Looking back, I have a degree. I'm, it was insane. I'm talking about it was like 48 hours. of They would literally physically fight over their dad. And what it was is they were trying to soak up all the love they could get in that 48-hour period, and they would compete with each other. I mean, they would physically, I mean, sometimes I couldn't believe he didn't fall on the ground from them climbing on. Wow. And they were trying to soak up every all the love they could get during that 48-hour period before they had to go back and spend 12 days. And um, and so it was very, um, it was always very overwhelming when they were here. Yeah, and that's sad. And And they loved me. They did the same thing to me, but really they were starved for attention. Their mom had a new man and, um, you know, she didn't work because she got a lot of child support and stuff. <laughs> Looking back, they were starved for attention. Yeah. And so now um, she, of course, through the years, she would like the kids to visit. But my husband, uh, she's been in contempt. He's been in contempt since 2016. They haven't visited since 2016. When the last two, the older two had quit visiting years ago and the judge asked them why they wouldn't go, but it was in chambers. Whatever they said to him, he was fine with. Um, whenever Cameron talked to the judge, the third one, she got mad at him and pretty much wrote him off. So that was down to the younger three. And then the, the daughter quit visiting in 2014. Christmas visit was the last visit. And the other two quit visiting in July of 15. That was the last time my husband allowed them to go because it was just, um, it's just not a good situation where their mom's at. She doesn't have any insight. She could take us back to court any day of the week. And, you know, but all we've ever wanted was it to be you and the kids. The boyfriend is a very, a very, I think he's an abuser. Um, he either mentally, you know, he does stuff like um, he pulled a gun on the oldest woman. When he was 13. Oh, my gosh. That's why Hudson quit going down there. Just just mentally bullying and intimidating. Mm-hmm. And um the children, once they got out of it, I felt kind of bad for her because when they lived in it, it was normal. You know, well, that's just the way it is at our house. Very chaotic, very, you know. But when they were out of it for probably about six months, they really didn't want to go back there. 
the mom basically to this day. I mean, the, two days ago, my husband had to go to the sheriff's office. They called her up and said, listen, if I guess if you if you keep sending him threatening text messages, you're going to be arrested, you know, and and they haven't been down there for years. And still he deals with it. You know, I'm driving by your house. You know, she's been trespassed, but it's just not a good situation. But on the outside, it looks good. She's employed. She pays child support, like a hundred bucks a kid, but she never did until my husband finally filed it with the state because she made me mad. And I told him <laughs> she was ugly to the oldest kid because he wouldn't come visit. I said, I'll show you ugly. And so my husband went down and thought it with the state, and then she was like 10000 in arrears the first day he filed. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. You're like, I'll show you ugly. Husband, go do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't come visit on Thanksgiving, so she sent him a bunch of texts about how she was ashamed he was her son. Oh, my. He was 17 at the time, and I said, oh, no, we're, we're, I'm tired of this, you know, because I have primarily never really had to deal with it just because I refused. Right. You know, I wasn't married to her, didn't procreate with her, and not <laughs> dealing with her, and my husband knows her. He thinks I would be too sympathetic. And he says that I don't have a clue how manipulative she could be. And he's always been afraid she could put one over on me. Well, you're a smart lady for never getting involved with that, for sure. I think that was probably more him. A lot. He was like, listen, you're not going to win. I've tried. <laughs> I thought I could make the lady pull her crap together and then we could co-parent. Everything would be great. Well, your husband's a very smart man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband told me I was insane. Even the kids were like, she hates your guts. Don't call her. <laughs> when I've said, you know, well, maybe your mom's calmed down. You know, maybe we could meet. No, don't meet. with. She'll probably try to poison you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. You did bring up something I want to go back to and touch on. You you made a comment about the stepkids or at least one of them being starved for attention even from you. And we do sometimes run across that where a step parent feels a bit awkward or overwhelmed by a step kid that is very drawn to them and and even to the point where the biological kids are having a problem with that. So how would you speak to that? I probably would say I did run into that problem somewhat. My my biological son who was 13 when we started dating, 15 when we married, was in competition, this may seem a little weird, with the youngest child who at the time was eight. I think we'll no, he was six when we got married. What I did was I made a point to spend one-on-one -on -one time with my biological child. I was lucky that he was older. It probably would have been a way bigger problem if they both would have been young. But Shane was my baby and Weston was the baby here. And Weston has always, he's, he's a great kid, but the neediness, I am a very independent person and I have my own issues with them. Physical closeness. One of my stepsons loves to hug. That took a lot of getting used to because we're not a huggy, lovey family. <laughs> Even my two daughters would be, you have to tell Shane, my space, your space, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so, um, I would, I mentally said, I'm going to let Cameron hug me one time a day <laughs> because Cameron needed to hug. Now, Cameron's 17. He's still a hugger every time he gets home from work, you know, but really the deciding factor, I'm not probably, I'm probably 50, maybe 50% responsible for the fact that we have blended somewhat smoothly. We've had bumps along the road, but my husband, if you don't have a husband that's supportive and going to parent, you're not going to fix the problem. Yep. Yes. And a lot in the group, what I hear, what I read a lot is you don't have a kid problem. You have a parenting problem. Yep. Yeah. And see, that's part of the, the whole Nacho Kids method is stepping back and realizing that the problem is not really the kids most of the time. It's because of how the bio parent lacks the parenting or doesn't parent like we think they should. And when you step back from it and you realize that you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's the kids are acting the way that they're allowed to act. You know, it's not always the kids. That's for sure. Yes. And I think um, with stepkids, a lot of women come in with their long list of rules. And I did that at first. I thought well, I'm going to fix all the kids. Everything's going to run like clockwork. Um, and probably the smart step family, Ron Deal, when it talked about the blender, mm -hmm. that it's not we want microwave results, but you're looking at a crock pot. Mm hmm. You know, you're looking at five to seven years for a good blend. And honestly, I did a lot of research. Now, my husband kind of humored me about the statistics, but I work with statistics. So I know that statistics are there for a reason because that's what happens. So I did a lot of research on, um, and I, and some of the stuff made sense, like the in-laws. My mother-in-law really, she, she's fabulous, honestly, and she loves me and is glad that I'm good to the kids, you know, but, um, my kids, she already has six grandkids she has to keep track of. So my kids are like, oh, Jimmy's got to go spend. She knows that, you know. But my husband basically said, you know, I don't really care 
how you feel, you will treat them equal on the, they will not be slighted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she does token efforts. I know the feeling probably isn't there, but she didn't marry me. I read an article one time and all this complaints about the in-laws, well, they don't do for my kids like they do for his kids. I try to keep in mind, they didn't, she didn't marry me. She didn't say, why don't you go find some more kids? Right, right. Um, she does a really good job now that she, she really does. She's not at first, but probably more because my husband is very um, active about pointing it out if she does. You know, he'll tell, you know, he'll say it's wrong. That's wrong. And this is what you did. What do you say when someone tells you it's wrong? <laughs> you know, you can't argue. No, I think it's right to favor kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I really, I was really blessed because a lot of the women, I realized they didn't get Right. You know, a lot of the the good habits that my stepkids have, there's two of them that I probably would have major problems with, except their father doesn't allow. Right. You know, and it's really the two that have been most affected by their mother. I mean, the ones that she messed with their minds the most. So it's not me that they're really angry at. I'm aware of that. And as a step parent, one of the hardest things is to not take things personally. But you have to. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't matter if it's you or Susie or Betty who came into the relationship. They were all going to experience the same thing because it's so hard to do the blend. And you mentioned taking about seven to eight years to blend. David and I did research or I did most of the research (laughs) before we got married because we wanted to be on top of things. I remember we were reading and we were like, okay, eight years. We got this. Two years max. We're good. Oh, no. There is a reason it takes that long because these kids have to learn to trust you and you have to learn to love them, not like your own, but for who they are. Yeah, I can definitely say because at first you love them because they're your because you love their father. Yes. But now I could definitely say I love them because of them, you know, because of who they are. Like my life would be poor if I lost any of my stepkids. Yeah. But at first, you know, you tolerate them. And, I, and I've and i always tried to be one that owns it. I have my own counselor now. And I will tell everybody, you need to get your own person because your husband does not want to listen to you complain all the time <laughs> about how the stepkid left a dirty dish in the sink. And I was doing that. And, and I still do that, you know, and I will say I am lucky that um, he is pretty tolerant. He's aware there were a lot of kids. I never wanted children when I was a teenager. And my mom reminds me of that. You always said you never had kids. But then you had three. I was in the middle of five. I had more than any of my siblings. Mm-hmm. I had three. I have a couple that had one and a couple that had two. And then I married a man with six. So I just thought God had a sense. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and I was angry at God for a while. I'm not going to lie to you about I wanted someone to help me, Jesus. And this is what you sent me more people to help. <laughs> <laughs> but see, God knew down the road they would need a mom. And he knew down the road my kids would grow up and abandon me like they have. <laughs> and they got their own lives. And now I have to say stuff like, I bought you a present if you come over. <laughs> I'm making your favorite dinner. And he's like, well, I have worked in school. Yeah, that's hardly any time at all. You can still drive 80 miles to my house. What's your problem? Yeah. But I really am blessed. You sound like a very caring person. And it sounds like it just gave you more people to love. Yes. Our major problem came comes about due to parenting. He is a much more tactful parent. However, his way works which he will remind me of that. <laughs> Is there ever a point you don't think he has it under control? Yes, but he should do it my way. He should cut off their cell phone right now. Okay, You don't know how many times I said that. I can get on that computer and cut their cell phone off. That's just ridiculous. Did you hear them back talking to you? And he'll say, I have it, Jeannie. Where your own kids, you you might be like, I hardly even noticed them back talking. What? Back talking to me? No, I didn't even notice that. But your stepkid answers with a little bit of attitude. You're all over them. Exactly. And that's a problem with me, not with them. One of the things that we preach in the Nacho Kids is you cannot expect more from the stepkids and the parents do, and you cannot expect the other parent to parent like you think they should. But it, it's been a hard, um, but the main problem with me, I'm not a big, he, my husband lacks a lot of people. He's an adopted only child. He wanted a big family. If money isn't an issue and my stepkids go to private school, he thought I would put my kid there, but they're a bunch of entitled brats up there. I would never transfer my own. I'm a social worker. His mom thinks I'm going to get them all into heaven. Um, His mom thinks you're going to get them all into heaven. (laughs) You know, the discipline thing does drive me crazy because my children, well, you know, when years go by, you look back. My oldest one probably was just as bad as the rest of them. But um, I tend to be like, you got to shut that down, shut it down right now. And he tends to be more of a um, simmer. Then one day he has to come apart and his behavior goes away for a while. And then, of course, with six stepkids, some of them I click with better than others. So I'm saying, 
the only thing is what I see a lot of times in step parents is they really think they should walk up in the house, make a whole lot of new rules, and their husband should parent their way, and then they don't know why the kids push back. And I just don't believe marrying someone automatically morphs you into the boss of all them because they didn't choose to marry you. Exactly. You talked about having a hard time because um, it, it sounds like you've you've not had a terrible time, but you've also kind of alluded to there have been some times that were hard. So I want to I want to kind of pull you back to that time where when things were difficult and ask you what was the difficult, the most difficult part of the blending for you and your family? Probably my husband, I think, would have liked for me to do more. I know he would. have. Okay. Um, He wanted me to play more of the traditional mom role. However, I work in child. I supervise 13 counties of foster homes and I have 80 workers under me. I know boundaries. And what I I knew that um, I would be. I was resentful and bitter the more he put on me. Right. So the Nacho Kid, when I came across that, I started doing a lot of research. And the fact is, is if even like today, twice I've already told the 15-year-old to get his dirty, his clean clothes and put them in his bedroom. They're still, still not in the bedroom. Now, I just casually mentioned it. The 12-year-old got hers, put them up. The 10-year-old went and got his dirty clothes so they could be. Now, I don't wash their clothes. My husband, when they get an iPhone at 10 years old, they wash their own clothes. Why? If you can work an iPhone, you can work a washing machine. <laughs> so I don't wash anybody's clothes. But the 10-year-old, I do still kind of help Weston. You need to go get your clothes. Let's put them in the washing machine. So he's still at that stage where you're leading him through it. Right. Six months into the relationship, I would have been like, he has deliberately defined me. I'm not going to put up with that. You tell a child to do something and they just don't get their clothes and put them right up. But now I just like, look, Brandon's clothes are in here. Maybe he'll get them um, eventually. Yeah. But it's hard to let it go. Because my first thought was go down there, beat on his bedroom door and ask him, are you deaf? Did you not hear me tell you to get your clothes? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do to my son. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But you, you can't. Know, do you want to have some clothes? Because I'll burn every piece of clothing you've got and you'll be wearing what you have on every day for weeks. <laughs> See, when I when I say stuff like that to my kids, Lori's like, you wouldn't, I mean, I'll say something like that to her kid, and she'll say, you never talk to your kids that way. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. I always talk to my kids that way. You don't. And she- <laughs> He doesn't. Like, he told my son to get his lazy butt up off the couch or something one day to do something, and I'm like, what in the crap? You have never talked to your kids that way. You know, don't talk to my baby that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I also would do if it was my son, and I feel guilty because I ain't doing it for his, I'm, that I also... And just as likely to fold him and go upstairs and put him up while he was sitting at home. Exactly. My stepkids, I don't do that for. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Should I do that for them? Oh, well, there's so many of them. Hell no, I'm not the maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you feel differently about it. When you do something for your kid, it's almost a loving, oh, my baby, I'm putting their clothes up. It is an act of service, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then for um, the stepkids, it's more like you said, you feel like a maid. And you're like, oh, no, they can come down here and get their clothes. And, and I'm going to tell you, it was really hard for me to keep my mouth shut. I mean, really hard. And that's why most of the time I would just walk off. I would just walk yes, off that's instead what of I talk. Do. That's yeah. what I do. And I will chant Nacho Nacho Kid in my head, like the Macho Man thing. Sometimes I hum it. It makes my husband very mad. Sometimes he'll find me. We have walk-in closets and he'll be looking for me. I'll hear him looking for me, but I'll just be reading. And then he'll open up my walk-in closet. I'm sitting on the floor reading, just having some quiet time. Can I help you? And then, you know. When really I'm hiding from the kids. Yeah. Because I just know they're going to want something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you that um, Macho Man song has turned into Nacho Kids for a lot of people. That's for sure. It is. It's fabulous. And um, But probably get getting myself a counselor. I, I got to the point where the not, he doesn't follow through a lot. He will ha- yell, I'm sick of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all your trucks, all your phones. If y'all don't get these bedrooms clean, they'll go in there and they will make a token effort, but it'll be like pathetic that then it'll be over and then they'll be good for months. He won't like go in there and make them or something. And I got to the point was, I just can't live like this, you know, and I got my own counselor. That was probably the best thing. Mm-hmm. Plus, I felt guilty that I didn't love them. I really felt like I didn't think I loved them at the time. I felt guilty that I tolerated, right? you know. But really, I wanted their mom to pull it together and take us back to court because misery loves company and she should have these damn kids at least 50% of the time. Right. You know? 
<laughs> you know, God had other plans. You know, it is what it is. But I got my own counsel. The first thing she told me was, do I treat the kids nicely? Am I, when I'm, when I'm mad, do I beat them? Do I scream at them? Well, no, of course not. I just do in bitter silence. Okay. But they're not really aware of, you know what I mean? Because I would never do that. I, w- I wouldn't want, you know, their dad's aware of it because he's the one I'm really unhappy with. Right. I'm unhappy that he won't go out there and parent the way I want him to parent. Exactly. Although I'm not sure what would make me think that my way's the right way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. We sit there and go, well, that's not how I would do it. So it's wrong. Yes. And what I had to recognize is that everybody, he has a different parenting style than I do. None of the kids are in jail right yet. <laughs> yet. None could go there. But right now they're all still free people. They appear to be pretty functioning members of society. We'll see if that holds out for them. <laughs> Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, so my counselor helped me realize, is he doing, is he didn't let him have it. But what he was doing wrong is when he would yell at him and clean the room, then he would get mad at me because I didn't go in there. Well, I had to go to work. You, why didn't you go in there and make sure it was clean when I would complain that it really wasn't clean? Well, it's not my job. And when, and I came home one day and told him, my counselor said that it is not my job to make your kids do what you tell them to do. He said, and clean their rooms or something. He said, well, is your counselor going to come to the house? <laughs> I said, I don't know. She might. And so that was recognizing that his parenting worked to a certain extent. The kids, you know, he has a kid in college. The 19-year-old doesn't go to college, but he's employed full-time. He's not in jail. He just didn't want to go to prison because he just got out of four years of prison, as he says. Why the heck would I go back for some more? Recognizing that it's not my way, but it worked, right. you know, and that my way is not the only right way. There can be a hundred right ways to parent kids. Exactly. You know, and my counselor said, the feelings of guilt, she told me, as long as you treat them equal, you're not responsible for how you feel. You feel how you feel, that you um, treat them fairly. You know, I'm, I probably do favor my own children somewhat, but they're not aware of it. Like, I go to lunch with my own kids a lot because one of my offices is close to them, but they're not, I would not favor them in front of them. I do stuff for my 19-year-old that I don't do for the rest of them. Right. You know, but they don't know that, you know, well, Jeannie, you know, helps shame with it. Yeah. At Christmas, you don't give your kids 20 gifts and then one. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Well, um, you were talking about your counselor. Um, Did you mention Nacho Kids to your counselor? Oh, yeah. She thinks it's a very good idea. I have a counselor. Actually, I saw her today because work's really overwhelming. And she said, I have to put myself on the schedule, on my electronic schedule. <laughs> she um is in favor. She... um said that which what Nacho Kid is, it's boundaries. Yeah. That you have boundaries and um what you can control and that um as long as you're treating the children fairly, there's nothing to feel guilty about. You the reason what did she say? I do not feel the same way about my stepkids as I do about my bio kids because they're not my bio kids. Right. They're not your kids. Yes. <laughs> not your kids. You know, what you have is boundaries and that it's not that 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 my husband is the responsible parent. He wanted custody. He has custody. They have a mother. But just because their mother won't step up doesn't mean I have to do everything she would do. Right. And you can still be a positive influence on these stepkids without parenting them. They can see that you're a good person and that you're a kind person. And the saying that kids... um what, learn what they see? Is that the right thing? I know I'm not saying it right. What is it, David? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're going with it. Okay. Well, <laughs> kids do what you do. Yeah. Do what I say and not what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you know, they, they see things and they pick up on things. And at 10, no, they're not going to appreciate the fact that here's this lady that came in and married my dad and tried to help me grow up to be an awesome person. But then the closer they get to 20, they're like, you know what? That poor woman, she went through, you know what? The stay with my daddy she must really love him (laughs) probably they do because i know my 10 year old asked me one time if i can't remember we've had an argument and i can't remember what it was about but the kids were aware of it i think we were in the vehicle when we were arguing over something and that night he asked me if you and dad get divorced can i can i live with you still and i said sure sweetie (laughs) when in my mind i'm thinking hell to the (laughs) (laughs) nose you can come over every other weekend sweetie yeah (laughs) um but I would never tell Weston that because he's already been basically rejected by one mother. So, you know, all our kids have been back and forth to count. The three youngest, they have some history of trauma from when they live with their mother. I know that when defects came, when my oldest stepson, he was 17, she used to like to call defects a lot. I work for Florida DCF, but I live in Georgia, but I'm a coffin for the state of Georgia, DFAC. So she would call him all the time. I think that time there was no food in the house. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and and four of our kids are over six foot tall and top two twenty. Wow. Okay. And um, yeah, we got some big old kids. She'd come, and the DFAX worker said, "Well, I've interviewed Hudson, and you know, he said he has fonder feelings for you than he does for his mom." I said, "Well, that's sweet." And we'd only been married like a year at that time. But um, the the kids will traditionally come to me before they come to their dad, mainly because their dad likes to blow up. But then it's over. He doesn't really hold grudges. But if they come to me, then I know how to break it to him. Usually like Hudson, when he failed the first semester of college, he came to me when his daddy was. And then I waited till his dad went on a road trip to Mississippi. And then I told him over the phone, Hudson's really struggling at school. He kind of failed every class. <laughs> However, I've already spoken with him. We kind of regrouped. We're kind of, we're going to knock down his credit hours. He's, we're just, you know, regrouping here. Right, right. And I waited till he was in Mississippi to tell him. <laughs> that reminds me of, have you ever heard the story or I don't know if it's an email that was going around or whatever, but this girl sends a letter home and she's like, I want to tell you that I dropped out of school. I met a guy. Um, I got pregnant and I'm getting married. And oh, by the way, I also uh, contracted uh, a, an STD and she just goes on and on. Then at the end of the letter, she goes, okay, uh, you know, honestly, I, I didn't drop out of school and, and I didn't almost get married and I didn't get pregnant and I don't have STDs, but I did fail my grade. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of it built all that up about all this you know bad stuff that could happen, and then go, and then she says, "Well, I, I just fell my grade, so it could have been a lot worse." <laughs> yes, it probably really did help that I had children. I had been to the teenage years because I had already been to the, your own bio kids. You can't take it personal if they haven't hated you at some point. Then you're not parenting, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Because that means that you're making them happy 24 hours a day. So that probably is not a good idea because they grow up thinking less like that. The The main thing with my stepkids is they were very materialist. I'm a social worker. I see kids that have nothing. It was very hard to get through. I mean, even like the fact that two of them won't wear anything but polo. And I used to tell them. So they just find idiot and they put a horsey on a T-shirt from Walmart and then they get idiots to pay 40 bucks for it. But OK, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, in the first Christmas, I was just aghast. They just give these humongously long lists. And I remember, um, they don't do it to me anymore because I, I would just, you know, basically I tell them what I always told my own kids. Well, Jesus already died on the cross for you and it's his day because <laughs> you already have a day. That's your birthday. But what else do you deserve for him? But he, since he did already die. <laughs> and then surprisingly, they didn't have long list of demands. And now my husband finally got on board with it a couple of years ago. And um, we do the one it, need it, read it, wear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. And then whatever else we buy is just extra. Now, that they don't just get four gifts. But that's what you send us, some gifts you would like in those categories. Right. And only one of them can be above 50 bucks. And then whatever else we feel like purchasing and gifting you with, we already know what you like. And we'll gift you with that. Yeah. Because the last Christmas when I really lost it was we, one of them got a MacBook for Xbox Ones and not the cheap ones. They had just come out that year. They were $499 piece. Shane, Cameron, Landon, and Brandon. No, Landon didn't get one because he got an iPad, the new iPad Air thing. Him and Ashlyn. We spent $2,500 on seven pros. And that was that was in addition to everything else they'd gotten. And I said, that is insane. That is insane. Hudson, I think, had got a MacBook. Yeah. They wanted a MacBook. Two of them wanted new iPad. The big iPad Air gels had come out. And then four of them wanted the Xbox One. And after that, we started the no electronics rule. Now you're not allowed to ask for any electronics at Christmas at all. Oh, there you go. We don't buy electronics for Christmas. You have to get them on your birthdays. You need a new iPhone, then you get it on your birthday. You need, you know, a new XPS4, you have to ask for it for your birthday. And that kind of stopped the Christmas situation. <laughs> um, it really did work because I told my husband, we ha we buy all these games at 60 bucks a piece, and we don't even like the fact that they play them, and yet we're the stupid ones that keep going, spending hundreds of dollars because they want this game and this game and this game for Christmas at 59 bucks a piece. <laughs> so that was probably about three years ago when we said after that Christmas, we told them months out, we're not going to, we've decided that at Christmas time, we're not going to buy purchase electronics. From now on, if you need new electronic devices, you need to be asking for them on your day, which is your birthday. And usually at the birthdays, most of them will want to upgrade their phone or something, and that's fine. But we don't, we, and we stopped it, and that was so nice. Then last year, we went to the one that needed read it, wear it, but we told them several months out. And then they probably wound up with 10 presents apiece, but it was what we wanted to buy them. 
it wasn't. Here's a list of my Christmas demands. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And see, my children had never grown up that way. I had always taught them, I really don't care if Joe Blow next door buys his kids 75,000 things. I said, that that doesn't, if you're going to always look for what other people have in order to be happy, you're never going to be happy because someone is always going to have more than you, a newer car, nicer stuff. Someone is always going to have more. Yeah, that's true. You need to look at the people walking down the road. You know, and my own children have struggled with, you know, greedy materialism. My, my son thought, well, they get all this stuff and his demands significantly increase. But I told him like it is, listen here, buddy, you <laughs> will have nothing if you don't watch your, <laughs> you know, and he knows. He'll tell people, my mom, she'll just go crazy once in a while. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dave says all women are crazy. And he's had my son saying that since he was four. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, if you don't learn anything else from your stepdad, you need to learn that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my husband says you just have to figure out what level you can put up with. Yeah, exactly. And fine. And he has this crazy level about women. I don't know. It's some spreadsheet he gives to the guy. <laughs> oh, I've seen and it. Have you? Yeah. He says, you know, this is really true. You know, you can't get whatever. Yeah. But I will say a lot of it is we, my husband, was willing to change a little bit. If it was up to him, I would have stepped in and started doing all his work and he would just have to lie. He'd be golfing on Fridays. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Jenny, we're going to wrap it up here. But before we do, I'm going to... Uh, we're going to go right into what's called the lightning round. So in the lightning round, I'm going to ask you three questions. And I want you to give me your your honest answer, not that you would lie, about these questions. So just let me know when you are ready. Okay, I'm ready. I feel like I'm on a Price is Right or something. <laughs> Here we go. Family Feud. All right, so number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Family Feud, that's it. <laughs> what has been the best advice that you've ever received about blending? The best advice I've ever received is stay in your lane. The kids didn't marry you. The in-laws didn't marry you. Your husband married you. Okay. Right. Great. Yep. All right. Number two, if you could travel back in time, knowing what you know now, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself about blending? I probably would to lower my expectations. I thought I would come in and fix everything and it would be just like a bio family. But in a blended family, everybody has scars. Mm-hmm. Every yes. single person in a blended family has lost something, either through divorce, never having a parent, a deceased parent. Every single person in this blended family has lost. In a bio family, a, a lot of times you don't have. So you are trying to deal with grieving. Every single person is grieving something. Mm-hmm. Right. With us too, um, I didn't think that we had unrealistic expectations, but then I realized that when it comes to a blended family, you should have no expectations. <laughs> Just the fact that you made it another day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, every day is a day to celebrate. Right. All right, David, last question. All right, last question. What's the one thing that you would tell others who are facing the same challenges in blending that you have? Keep an open mind that your way is not the only right way because it's very egotistical of us to think everybody else should do everything our way. David has this saying that you might take one journey like Google Maps tells you to go a certain way and then Google Maps tells me to go a certain way, but we end up at the same place. Neither one was wrong. That parents, if you could just yeah. entertain the possibility that the child is not entirely at fault. Because what I see a lot of times is the 12-year-old is acting like a 12-year-old, but now the 30-year-old is also acting like a 12-year-old. So who's the problem? Because it's not the 12-year-old. <laughs> right. And I'll have to say, you know, David's kids were teenagers, um, what, a couple years after we got married, I guess. Their entire teenage life, they were teenagers. Okay. And um, <laughs> But it's, it's funny because, you know, when his kids were 13 or whatever, and he would fix their breakfast, I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you fixing their breakfast? They should be able to fix their own breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning I fix my baby his breakfast. He's 14 now. <laughs> <laughs> do do nice stuff for my stepkids too. Like my 19 year old was going to get thrown out of the house by my husband because his room was really dirty and he wouldn't clean it. And, you know, I was like, Hugh. And really, my 19 year old has ODD. He came to live with my husband when his mom had him arrested at the age of 12 for being an unruly child. But the way my husband parents him, it works. And my husband said to me, I can't fight every fight. And he said that to me more than once. I can't fight every fight. And probably I had cleaned this whole room for him. He never said thank you. He, but I knew he was appreciative. But with ODD, you you he can't humble yourself to that extent. But what I knew is if that was Shane, I would go in there and clean his room so that he would shut up about the dirty room. Me, I just closed the bedroom doors. You know what I mean? But that is one of my husband's pet peeves, which is really weird because all of them have filthy rooms. However, um, I don't care. I don't have to look at them. When I have company coming to stay in our guest room because we have an eight bedroom house and so um and it has four bathrooms i hire a maid and i make my husband pay and she cleans the bed she cleans the bathroom why because i'm not having my family look at those nasty bathrooms but they're not mine (laughs) you know i would never use them 
And so um, I just make him pay for a housekeeper that comes and cleans right before my family comes so that they can think the bathrooms usually look like that. They don't. They're inhabited by teenage boys. <laughs> well, he tells them that next time I have to pay someone to come clean these, I'm taking it out of your allowance. However, that would never happen because he has no policy. Yeah, the free money, they get free money every Friday. Every Friday, everybody gets money. The 17-year-old gets $88 a week. The 15-year-old gets 30 a week. The 12-year-old gets 15 and the 10-year-old gets 10. And it's not based on tours. See, he used to call it allowance. I, I always refer to it as, oh, it's free money Friday. Okay. <laughs> Free money fighting. I tell him, no, you can't really call it an allowance. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's an allowance. It would be based on chore, and they never do anything. So, it's child support. <laughs> it's child support. <laughs> my son has a debit card of mine, and he has a job and goes to college, but all the time. And I pay for all kinds of stuff for him because I'm a horrible person. He's like, can I Can I go? Can I buy this, this new um, set of drumsticks I want? Sure, sweetie, you get those drumsticks. You deserve it. You're such a great kid. I love you. You know? And then I'm like, you bought him another set of drumsticks? Oh my God, what is wrong with you? you know? <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. So you, you got mama's money Monday uh -huh. and free money yeah. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. And no matter how you try to not let it be that way, it's it's natural in a way. It's um, They're not your kids. And it's okay that you don't treat them exactly the same. And it's okay that... You do things for your kids you wouldn't do for them without them knowing. And Yes. And I tell my husband, yeah, I didn't have nine kids because I can't take care of my kids. You know, that's why I only had three kids. But the fact is, is I believe God, you know, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. He called me to be part of this family, which means that he is going to. But I was angry at God. When I first started going to counseling, I was very mad. I thought it was a cruel trick. I wanted an easy life, and they would come every other weekend, and we would take them to Disney and the movies, just the stuff we did for four months. And then he called me, and I thought, I'm going to help this woman get, you know, children need to be with their mom. I have got to help her pull her shit together so she can get her kids back. But really, it was about me. That's probably why God didn't answer my prayers, because he knows Jeannie. You ain't really trying to help her. You're trying to get the kids out of her house and back to her house. <laughs> yeah. If you look back at it, though, you wouldn't have it any other way, would you? No. No, I wouldn't, because... um. They're great kids. I feel sorry for a lot of the kids. Some of the older kids might have stressed. Hugh would tell them sometimes, well, Jeannie just needs some alone time. You know, she gets, but there's so many of them that they would understand that. But I would never be mean. And they know that, you know, I would jump in front of a train for them just like I would for my own. But I would do that for my nieces and nephews, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? The lack of support for step parents is, is sad because that's probably the, the public's misconception about, well, you knew what you were getting into and, well, you married him. No, I married him. And these women that's like, I love them like my own. Really? If the house is on fire, who are you getting out first, girlfriend? Because you know you're getting your own kid out. If that house is burning to the ground and you can only save one, who are you going after? You know? Yeah. So that's what I would like to ask them because y'all just lying to yourselves. <laughs> I'm just joking. Maybe they do. And you know what? Sometimes I don't even like my own kids. My 19-year-old, you know, I can remember he went to, I didn't even like him. Cocky, smart. You know, um, he kind of smelled funky, you know, his room was a trash pit. I thought he was lazy. And I mean, I can remember telling his older sister, I don't know what's wrong with him. She wanted me to fix him. She's like, Shane is so lazy. I, I don't know. I work, I work hard. Both my girls overachievers are, his dad worked nonstop. Shane, oh my God. And he, he would say, um, just relax, mom. I'm not going to end up on welfare, I promise. Because I work in child <laughs> welfare. And I, and I tell him, yes, yes, you are. You are going to be on welfare. That's what happens to lazy people like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, we've all had those fears too, especially with the stepkids. Hard to, um, get people to really own their part of problem. But I've always said, if you don't own it, you can't change it. If they really want to change what's going on, then you have to own your part of it. And when I, I used to teach parenting and we used to tell people, you put 50 cent in a Coke machine and a Coke doesn't come out. You put in 50 cent, a Coke doesn't come out. How many times do you put in 50 cent and don't get a Coke before you stop and do something different? Mm -hmm. Once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kicking the machine at that point. <laughs> yeah. And what I see is a lot of people get up every day. They do the same thing they did the day before. They get the same result, and then they want to blame the kid for them being so drastically unhappy. And they can't focus on anything except for the stepkids and how unhappy they're making them. Oh, my God, yes. Like, the kid's sick, and the mom still wants to send them. Oh, really? I didn't even know you could send your kids away when they're sick. Where where should I send the ones we have here? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm only the dad when kids are well. Yeah, no, I know I'm not taking the kids. They're sick. My wife over here is pregnant, really, because I was pregnant and sometimes my own kids were sick. Looking back, I realize now I should have sent them somewhere. Apparently, you shouldn't have sick kids at your house. Yeah, and so a lot of these, you know, I really feel bad because you have the potential to be happy. But the change you're looking for is is in you. And really, until they own it, and, and I guess in child welfare, I just believe in change. My husband says, you, you're always focused on improving yourself. Well, there's not a day I wake up where I think everything I did is perfect. There's always something you can do better. There you go. And that is a perfect thing to tell a step-parent, too. It really is. You know, I think being a Christian, you know, really is the deciding backdrop. I'm not saying you can't be a good step-parent if you're not a Christian, but if you don't even know what the word grace means, then it's going to be very hard to extend it. And we all want grace for our mistakes, but we want everybody else to get what they deserve. But we would like to be covered in grace for the mistakes we make. Mm-hmm. You are so right on that one. Well, Jenny, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, David and Lori. Y'all have a great night. You right. too. You too. So what do you think about those feral children, David? <laughs> she was an absolute trip. Feral children. That's funny. Feral children, the van, all the kids. Yeah. The custody changing while they were dating. Yeah. You know, she thinks the boyfriend or fiance or whatever he was at the time is going to court to settle a few things and calls her and goes, oh, guess what? Little Johnny's coming to live with us forever. <laughs> and then the other ones, too. Yeah. She had quite a few little stories there that I was like, good grief. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And then the competition between the stepkids and the bio kids. Yeah. We don't really talk about that a whole lot. Um, I don't think that we had that. I didn't have that with your kids. Competition for your time? Yeah. No. No, it was more like everybody wanted to get away from you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, David. (laughs) At least when they were smaller. Even your kid wanted to get away from you. Okay, (laughs) y'all. We hope you enjoyed this (laughs) interview with Jeannie. (laughs) We surely did, and we got some laughs, and David wants to keep trying to laugh (laughs) and make up stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the truth. You want the truth? You tortured my son. <laughs> I sure did. Yes, you did. But he always came back for more. I know. I don't understand it. <laughs> and that's why he's so bullheaded now. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe. All right. <laughs> that's the end. That's it. All right. That's our show for today, folks. Make sure you head on over to iTunes and give us a rating and a five-star review. We much appreciate it. That's what we work for. We can't accept any peanuts. We have to take reviews. So please do that for us. And I'm not an elephant. You're not an elephant. I'm not an elephant. You don't take peanuts? No. Well, that's why I asked for reviews. I like circus peanuts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love circus peanuts. All right. We're, we've, we're off the rails now. We're always off the rails. My, you know, my son wants to grow up and ride the rails. All right. End it. We're done. <laughs> Quit waving at me and try to cut me off. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.